The following program is not intended for children under 13, even though 13 is the spookiest of numbers. It contains coarse language, mature content, stories about ghosts, it's kind of spooky, and also I am not responsible for the things that come out of my wife's mouth. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Spooky Stories. I'm your ghost co-host, Matt McComb, the kooky one. And I'm the spooky one, Kaya, and we are back. Again. We are back. We're sorry for the delay. The thing is, is that we had some weird stuff going on, so... Kaya is experiencing some very different frequencies right now. (laughs) A lot of things going on. And I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm really not. I wish I was kidding. <laughs> but we went to record and we just got this humming sound through the microphone and through the headphones every time. And I swear to God, Kaya was putting her hand on the laptop and on the, on the, the, the input. And yeah. then when she did that, everything went away. And then when I tried to do the exact same thing, same place, nothing. So uh, maybe I'm dead inside, or maybe there's a lot of things going on inside of Kaya. But the point <laughs> is, is that our spooky one has reconfigured her frequencies and is ready to record another episode for you wonderful, wonderful people. And it's not about cults, is it? It's not about cults. Thank God. Why? You had somebody tell you that that was their favorite episode. I know. I knew it was going to happen. And, you know, I can't help it if I just bring such a great energy to these episodes, (laughs) even if I hate them. Now, it's not about cults. And even though we took a poll to see what everybody wanted to listen to, it's definitely not about ghosts this week. We are going to go back and revisit some alien Yeah, because the heck with what everyone else wants. (laughs) Let's do what Kaya wants. Because, because it's not like it's not like you guys are the ones who are listening to the podcast, no. right? We do this for ourselves, people, okay? <laughs> so just like sit back, relax, and listen to the kooky and spooky. Uh, but this one's going to be spooky, isn't it? Uh, not really. No? I wouldn't say it's super. I mean, like, there's definitely spooky aspects to it, but I wouldn't say, like, it's spooky. Is it going to freak me out? Uh, not the way the cults did, that's for sure. Okay, good. good. Yeah. Can we talk about something less spooky? Uh, like what? Like potlucks? Okay, so what is the deal (laughs) with potlucks? Okay, look, 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 look. You went on this big rant last week about potlucks, and then you had the potluck, and then you're like, okay, they're not so bad. So I'm not going to listen to you. But also, that's not funny, though. No, no, no. I'm not going to listen to you rant about potlucks anymore, because newsflash... You don't hate them anymore. <laughs> I still do because, like, the the, the, the thing is, is I got lucky at the potluck. And I guess that's why they call it a potluck is that sometimes you get lucky and you don't have to eat Karen's freaking Jello salad. I didn't pay $30 worth of ingredients at a grocery store <laughs> to make a nice, like, chili just for me to have to eat your gross-ass Jello salad, Karen. You didn't pay $30 anyways. Gosh dang it, baby. Do you understand how jokes work? <laughs> Forget it. Just do the podcast. I'm done. Okay. Uh, So today we are going to be traveling to Manitoba. 
And like I said, we are going to be talking about some... I didn't spend $30 worth of ingredients. I actually just went and bought donuts. I was the worst person at the potluck. At least they were good donuts, though. Right? Gourmet donuts. But the problem was, is I was like, do I buy a dozen donuts and not split them in half? Or do I buy half a dozen donuts and split them in half? And I decided, because they were expensive, big donuts, <laughs> that it was okay to split them in half. And you know what happened? No one ate the donuts, baby. And you know why? Because everyone else was good, good boys and good, good girls and good, good thems. And they made their own stuff. Okay, but like, we don't have the time for that. We don't. We have podcasts to record and weird yeah. frequencies to deal with and configure. <laughs> and interviews to work through. And... Okay, sorry, sorry. We got off trap. Go. Anyways. Uh, so anyways, so like I said... We are going to travel to Manitoba. Haven't been there in a while. So we it's, haven't. It's about time we, Not we go the back. Not Fort Gary Wayne, Wayne <laughs> Gary Hotel. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to be talking about aliens or what people believe were aliens. Uh, so are you ready to get into it? Yes. Okay, cool. Wait, wait. Did, did I mess that up? Am I supposed to say... Can we talk about less spooky stuff after you say, are you ready to get You did. It? Okay, well, you know and what? And that's how we got on potlucks and donuts. The and now we're here. Because here we go. Okay. Let's do it. So, more than 50 years ago, a man from Manitoba had an out-of-this-world experience in the woods near Falcon Lake in Whiteshell Provincial Park. For the last five decades, many people have tried to explain what happened out there in the forest to Stefan Mashaluk, including the RCMP, Canadian Forces, and UFOlogists, but have been unable to solve the mystery. This is the story of Stefan and the Falcon Lake UFO sighting. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Before we get into this, there's actually a job called UFOlogist. Yeah. It's a legit job. It's a legit job. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, like... Who's paying these people? I don't know, but, like, it's a legit job. Are the men in black paying these people? Maybe. Okay. 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 Like we talked about last time, we can't prove if the men in black are real or not. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, there's a lady in black. Yeah, that's that's something completely different. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I suppose there could be men in black. See? There you go. Uh, all right. Some of them might even be black, too. <laughs> there you Nothing go. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> anyways... So, Stefan Michalak was born and raised in Poland, where he was a military policeman before he and his wife came to Canada after World War II. Stefan found work as an industrial mechanic and was also an amateur geologist and spent every spare moment in the woodlands of Manitoba. On May 20th, 1967, he did it willingly, okay, uh, <laughs> near Falcon Lake, Manitoba, Stefan was out prospecting, something he had done in the area many times before. Wait, when was this? Uh, 1967. He was out like gold mining in 1967. Yeah, not gold mining. He uh, he had left his hotel that morning to head into the woods searching for quartz and silver. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Okay. Uh, so by 9 a.m., he had stumbled upon a quartz vein in a marshy area and settled in to get to work. Now, around 12.15 p.m., Stefan was startled by the disturbed cackling of some geese nearby and looked up to see something strange in the sky. I mean, I wouldn't want to be near geese either. Yeah, I would have definitely yeah. ran if I saw geese. Yeah. Um, so he looked up and he spotted two glowing objects hovering above him. One ended up taking off, but the other landed about 150 feet away from him. Stefan was quoted saying, Looking on the tree, I noticed two cigarette-like 
shaped things with the hump in the middle. I said, what the hell is that? One in the air and the other one is coming down, down, down. I start looking for marks, NASA or something. Nothing. I didn't see anything on it. Direct quote. See, the problem that I have with that quote is it's in your voice, but if he's a prospector in 1967, you'd be like, I saw some cigarette, <laughs> and it, there was a hump, and then it was coming down, with like down, a Polish, down. With like a Polish accent. I was just trying to get some, some quotes going. Uh, anyways, like I've said many times, I don't do voices on this show, so you get what you get. There's quotes up in these here hills. Anyways, uh, so Stefan spent the next half hour or so sketching the object before he decided to man up and walk towards it. Okay. Uh, at which time, as he approached, a door to the vessel opened and Stefan could hear voices inside. One he claimed him to make out... Oh, <laughs> I am not doing well on You're this You're doing one. great, baby. Okay. Stefan spent the next half hour or so sketching the object before he finally decided to man up and walk towards it. And as he approached, a door to the vessel opened and Stefan could hear voices inside. One he claimed was a higher pitch than the other. And while they sounded human enough, they were too muffled for him to make out what they were saying. He tried to call out to the habitants in a variety of languages, including English, French, Italian, Russian, Polish, and German. Okay, hold on. But received no response. He knew all of those languages? Okay, so one, he was born and raised in Poland. Okay, yes. Okay, so Polish makes sense. Um, I'm, And he was a military policeman, so I believe that he probably learned the other languages when he worked in the military. I guess, yeah. I guess he knew, probably knew how to say hi in all those languages, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, he probably would have known how to say more than hi in Polish and English, but yeah. that's where he started with. Uh, So he began to move closer to the door, but stated the light became so bright, he had to put the visor down on his safety goggles, and then the door suddenly shut. It just like... Man after my own heart, he's got his safety goggles. (laughs) See, at least he's he's being smart, right? Yeah. Um, So Stefan tried to touch the object, but was burnt by the exterior, and the gloves that he was wearing, again... Smart man wearing safety. Um, So he touched it and the glove that he was wearing melted because it was so hot. Okay. Weird, right? Um, The vehicle... Melted to his hand? No, it just like melted on... Like it melted on his hand. He was able to take it off his hand, but like the the palm and finger part of it like had melted. That makes no sense. I don't know. I... Anyways. Uh, So the vehicle then rotated clockwise shot off a burst of gas that set Stefan's clothes on fire and launched itself back into the sky. Wow. Yeah. Now, after the experience, Stefan was disoriented. He tried to find his way back out of the woods, but his compass had just stopped working. So it was like, I, it wasn't that it had like just stopped, but it was like going all crazy and he wasn't able to like. Oh, see, maybe he had some frequencies messed up inside see, of him. See, maybe. Uh, nine hours later, he Finally returned home, uh, but he wasn't there for long before having to head to the hospital after complaining of pain and sickness. Now, over the next few weeks following the encounter, he experienced headaches, nausea, weight loss, blackouts, and diarrhea, uh, which are actually all symptoms of radiation burn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mysterious burns appeared on him uh, and were actually one of the most mysterious parts of this whole encounter. Apparently, they would appear as if they were finally healing, only to flare back up again. 
Uh, so Stefan was quoted saying, after every three months, my burns from legs and he- and here we're coming back, showing up again and burning. So basically, like, he would feel like he was finally healing. These burns were going to yeah. go away. And they would, like, flare up again. Like wow. they were brand new burns. Every, like, three months or so. That's quite the the souvenir from an alien right? encounter, right? Uh, he also apparently admitted a strange sulfuric odor from his body. Um, <laughs> as mentioned by his son, who was like alive when this happened and was a kid, um, but he could remember like that smell yeah. on his dad. I swear to God, son, it's not the toots. Yeah, it was now, the aliens. <laughs> doctors actually decided to have him tested for radiation poisoning, but the test results came back negative. Oh well, that's weird, right? So he's exhibiting signs of a radiation burn and other symptoms. But when they tested him for it, nothing. So then it wasn't a radiation burn. Uh, strangely enough, all the tests done on him came back negative. So they, he had a lot of other tests done as well. Uh, and the doctors couldn't find anything medically wrong with him. What about the psychiatry test? Oh, we're getting to that. Okay, gotcha. Yep. That's actually my next bullet point. So he was sent to a psychiatrist who reported back that Stefan was very pragmatic and very down to earth and does not make up stories. Interesting. Yeah. He was then sent to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota for further testing. But when he came back and his doctor reached out to the clinic to get the results, uh, the Mayo Clinic claimed they had no such person on file. So he went there. And had all these tests and stuff done and came home. And then when his doctor contacted the clinic to get the results of those tests, they had no record of him. It was the men in black. He's just like, he didn't well, Why exist. gotta be black? <laughs> Weird, right? Uh, now, a few weeks after the incident occurred, Stefan and a friend went to Falcon Lake to try and find proof of the encounter. After walking through the woods for several hours, they finally came across a large, burned-out semicircle in the ground surrounded by dead branches in, like, the exact spot where he had the encounter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, within days, Stefan had led RCMP to the site to see if they could figure out what had happened. Uh, after the RCMP became involved, more strange things started to come up. Stefan originally refused to allow RCMP to inspect his clothing or wounds, uh, but had but one officer actually described Stefan's condition in the incident report as stating that it looked like he had taken a black substance and rubbed it on his chest. So like mm-hmm. these burns, and I can show you photos, and I'll post photos, obviously, to go along with it. Um, but it just looks like he had like something black rubbed all over his chest. Weird. Which were like these burns that kept coming back. Yeah. Uh, while there was obvious damage to the hat that Stefan was wearing that day from the large blast. <laughs> I just love the prospector hat. Uh, yeah. yeah. The man had no visible burns on his head. So like the hat was was damaged, but... He was fine underneath it. At first, when Stefan couldn't provide the RCMP with the location of the incident, they were extremely skeptical, which is fair. They'd be like, oh, this shit didn't happen. Like, you're going to be fucking crazy. Um, But once he was able to locate it and take them to hit, to hit, (laughs) once he was able to locate it and take the RCMP to the spot, uh, they ran tests and actually found that radiation was prevalent there. Interesting. So radiation is prevalent, 
He's exhibiting signs of radiation burns and radiation poisoning, but the radiation tests were still negative. Weird. So weird, right? Now, uh, after this discovery, the health department wanted to quarantine the site, but found that radium ran under the entire area, causing high radiation levels, so it wasn't like something that they could just quarantine. Okay. Yeah. Now... Locals weren't sure what to make of the story and how outrageous it sounded because, yeah, like, this guy sounds like he's batshit, right? Um, Now, could Stefan really have wandered into the woods and encountered something extraterrestrial? Or other people were like, maybe he's just a wacko who drank too much and burned himself the barbecue. Who knows? We don't know. Um, Apparently at that time, though, the young kids in the area believed it was a fun time to go to the garbage dump in the evening to watch the bears. Like, probably wouldn't be my idea of fun. I would try to go the opposite direction of a bear, but cool, let's go watch There's it. There's not in a lot of stuff to do in dump. Winnipeg. You've got, Apparently. You've got Slurpees. Especially, like, this place is in, like, nowhere, right? Okay, so, so there's not a lot of stuff to do in Manitoba. You've got Slurpees. You've got, um, you know, prospecting for quartz. And watching bears in the garbage dump. And watching bears in the garbage yeah. dump. Now, one night, a local couple were out on a date doing just that. They were at the garbage dump trying to watch the bears. Uh, oh. when, <laughs> that's what they say anyways. I don't know what kind of bears. We were just, uh, you know, out on our <laughs> typical date w- yep. watching the bears in the garbage dump. Yep. Uh, when they saw a strange silver object in the sky... It had peered out of nowhere and was beginning to follow them. So the boyfriend stepped on the gas and they fled back to the safety of town. Now, did they maybe encounter the same craft that Stefan did or were they just crazy? Who knows, right? Uh, One thing was for sure, though, whatever had happened had many teams descending on the small town. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about the fact that his experience had caught the attention of a bunch of different experts including the United States government. Um, in, in Manitoba? Yep. What the hell are they doing oh, in our just freaking... wait. The head of the UFO project for the United States government, the Canadian Air Force, Canada's Department of National Defense, so we should talk to your parents and see if they <laughs> remember this, um, the American group ARPO, which actually stands for Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, as well as the Canadian detachment of that, which is called CARPO, and, and, you know who else was here? The men in black. NASA. Interesting. This was so bizarre that NASA got involved. Wow. In Falcon Lake, Manitoba, which is literally in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, <laughs> Manitoba, like most places are in Manitoba. But anyways, NASA. Wow. Weird, right? Along with all these other people, obviously. Like, they were all there, too. But, like, that was the one I was like, huh, all right. That's interesting. And see, I thought the weirdest thing that Manitoba had going for it was polar bears and the people that live there. (laughs) Guess not. Uh, Now, a year after the incident, Stefan and a friend returned to the site. Not quite sure what they were looking for, but they just wanted to visit, check it out. Um... They found some molten material that was tested and deemed to be radioactive. An analysis also determined that it was a type of silver that was difficult to obtain and that had been coated with a blend of uranium and radium, which is also called pitch blend ore. 
So wait, this is the stuff that they found? Mm-hmm. So they found... And they tested? So they found, like, this material, and then they took it back to the RCMP or whoever, and then they had it tested. Okay. So, like, apparently this silver is one that's, like, really difficult to find. It's not something you're going to find out prospecting. Like, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and even if you did, like, you're definitely not going to find it coated in pitch blend ore. Yeah, or... Like, if it's coated in uranium, I don't think you want to just pick it up. Yeah. Uranium and radium combined. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like a bad thing like to a just kind of put right? in your pocket. Uh, it's believed that someone may have planted this here to make Stefan's story more believable. But who really knows? Yeah. Right? Um, now, some skeptics have come up with their own explanations of what happened that day in the woods. Please tell me, because I, I can't think of anything. Um... Now, an individual named Aaron Sakulik reviewed the report that Stefan had made to the RCMP following his encounter and believes that the burns were likely brought on by accident due to alcohol consumption and that Stefan probably made the story up to keep other prospectors out of the area. Okay. This was 12.15 in the morning, or like 12.15 in the afternoon, I guess. It was like lunchtime. This guy had been out prospecting since like... 5 30 a.m uh-huh. i mean maybe he was drunk but he sounded like for the most part a pretty level-headed person i don't think he's drinking at like 9 a.m also why would you want to keep other prospectors out of the area by contacting the rcmp yeah right like that's not going to like nobody's going to be allowed in that area <laughs> at that point yeah like it that doesn't make any sense yeah so Aaron sack like you got a bad idea <laughs> I agree. I was hoping that you could, like, you know, make me feel better, but nope. Nope. Uh, Now, Stefan died in 1999, but lived the remainder of his life with those odd burn marks on his body. So this happened in 1967. He was alive until 1999. And throughout those decades, was still having those burns, like, almost heal and then reappear on his body again. Wait, there's no more other skeptic? No, just the one. Just Just the the one. one very, very bad one. Yeah. That's like, oh, he just. I mean, I'm made sure there up. were probably more, but I didn't have the time to like read through all the books that are written about this case. So, if there's other ones that are out there, I'd be interested to know what they are. Yeah, me yeah. too. Like the only thing I can think of is that like, maybe like when he was out prospecting, like he hit like a like a like some gas or something yeah. that like burned his entire body and then caused him to like hallucinate. Yeah, I don't know. That's like the only place I go. Yeah. With that. Made him hallucinate aliens. Yeah. Oh, well, for sure. Because yeah. like your mind is trying to to make sense of everything that happened. And if yeah. you're disoriented and everything else. Or maybe aliens really exist. It was interesting that they brought that many people in from all right? over the place. Like that's pretty serious. You're bringing in. So let's go back again. And let's just reiterate all the teams that were here checking this out okay Mm -hmm. so we had the unit the united states government including the head of the ufo project Mm -hmm. we had the canadian air force uh the canadian department of national defense we had arpo and carpo which are the american and canadian uh branches for aerial phenomena research organization and nasa that doesn't make any sense aerial phenomena research Organizations. organizations should be APRO. Oh, it is, yeah. 
I obviously was dyslexic. Arpo and Carpo is much better, though. So let's go with Arpo and Carpo. <laughs> Maybe I just switched something. Anyways. Uh, so, like I said, he passed away in 1999. Um, although he wished he hadn't said anything all those years back, he also never backed away from his story and believed right up to the end that, like, he had this experience um, and believed that it needed to be reported when it happened. Okay, show me those pictures. I will after. I'm not quite done yet. Um, Now, here's an interesting tidbit because everything that we've talked about has made it sound like it's aliens. I mean, we also had UFO people here, ufologists. We had NASA. But Stefan never once claimed that they were aliens that he encountered that day and died considering that it was a secret military craft as the Cold War was taking place around this time. Huh. So, I mean, like, they call it the Falcon Lake UFO, which makes sense because UFO stands for unidentified flying object. That doesn't mean it's an alien. It no. just means he couldn't identify it and nobody else could. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, nobody else saw it. Maybe it was Mexican. But he never once claimed that it was aliens. Those are aliens, too. <laughs> just means that they don't belong here. That's yeah. all. That they are not from here. Uh, now... Stefan made no money off his encounter, although his son Stan did after he published his book along with um, a prominent Canadian ufologist named Chris Rutkowski. The book is titled When They Appeared, Falcon Lake 1967, The Inside Story of a Close Encounter. So there might be more details in there. I like I said, I just didn't have time to read the whole book. We ain't got time to read the whole book. I've done it before for episodes, but right now there's a lot going on in our lives. I just did not have time to read. The frequencies are all over the place, people. We only Uh, got so much time here. Now, Stefan had had published a small booklet about his experience, so it had like some facts and like illustrations in it, Uh, but he didn't make a profit off of it. So like he, like I said, he never profited off of this, so he didn't do it for money. He just did it because he thought that the information needed to be shared. Maybe um, he did it for the chicks. Maybe. <laughs> right. I'm sure his wife loved that. <laughs> uh, now, another book was written about the experience by someone named George Dudding, and it's titled The Falcon Lake UFO Encounter. So if anybody's interested in learning more, there's two books that you can check out. I can, uh, I'll put links to where you can find them in the uh, episode information. Now, Stefan's encounter has been featured on many TV shows such as Unsolved Mysteries um, and has been a topic of discussion on many, many podcasts over the years. So if you like Google, if you put go into Spotify and type in Falcon Lake UFO, it's going to bring up a ton of podcast episodes. Hopefully ours will be at the top. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, in 2018, our good friends at the Royal Canadian Mint who love to love to pay tribute to all the weird shit that we talk about on this show, it seems. Uh, They released their Canada's Unexplained Phenomena series, which included a $20 silver coin uh, that depicts the alleged events that happened at Falcon Lake. The coin has a fun glow-in-the-dark feature, which, so, like, you'll look at it, and it just is, like, Stefan out there in the woods. And if you, like, put it under... Or if, like, you get it to that glow-in-the-dark point, it actually shows aliens hovering over him in the woods. Mm. It's really cool. I found an image of it, so I'll make sure to post that because I was like, oh, this is actually, like, really cool. Sometimes I don't give a shit what the Canadian Mint puts out, but that one was actually kind of funky. (laughs) Um, Anyways. 
The Canadian government actually still identifies this case as unsolved, but Stefan's family is still searching for answers. And believe it or not, all those ufologists that are out there consider this to be one of the most documented and strange UFO stories in Canada and even like in the world. No kidding. Yeah. So to this day, no one knows what actually happened to Stefan on that day in the woods at Falcon Lake. Are aliens real and did they come to Earth to visit? Did Stefan stumble into an area high in radiation, causing him to hallucinate? We may never know the truth, but one thing is for certain. This is weird, spooky, and uh, I love alien stories. They're fun. They're, They're very great, interesting. Aren't they? I like that I don't really have like an explanation. Definitely wasn't the wind. I know, because I was going to be like... It might have been the wind. Because <laughs> that was my whole plan. I was going to be like, okay, so like, what do you think happened? But like, I watched you as I was telling you the story. And not once did you have like this... Sometimes you'll have like this moment where it looks like this like light clicks. And you're yeah. like, oh, I have a way to explain this. And not once did that happen during this story. Which yeah. I think is great. Because it's like... Now you're understanding that, like, weird shit does happen. Yeah, And you so can't explain that. it. So, like, for example, like, they probably got pictures of the site. Yes. With the big hole in it. Yep. There was that many freaking organizations there, which makes me wonder, like, if I'm just like, oh, God, I was abducted by UFOs. And, like, put it in the paper or whatever, the, like, the FBI would be at my door. Like, Can we try it? Like, no. I kind of want to meet people from NASA. <laughs> I'd also really like to meet a ufologist. I, I think that'd be cool. Really like to meet a if you are a ufologist or know of someone who is, we'd really like to chat with them. I yeah, think that would be a really interesting, like a really interesting interview to definitely, do. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what else did I have to say about well, that? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there actually was like radiation burns, and he did have like signs of radiation sickness. Mm-hmm. And also, like, why couldn't he just get another psychology test? Why did they have to be like? We don't have a record of that. It's like, okay, well, Stefan, we need you to go but back like, and get another psychology But, like, test. okay, so, like, how weird is it, though, that he traveled internationally to be tested to see, try and figure out what was going on with him? And wait, then wait, where did he get tested? Minnesota. Then, oh, the Mayo Clinic is in Minnesota. Yeah. So I would have, like, called the Mayo Clinic and been like, So the hey, doctor did. The no, doctor. No, if oh. I was Stefan and I was like, yo, I was here... Because of the UFO stuff, and you, know, yeah. you guys were supposed to give me answers. Like, am I crazy? And they just said, "Oh, we don't have any record." It's like, dude, I have the plane ticket, right? And like, you're you're the in proof my... that I was there. Yeah, like you're. Yeah, I was gonna say you're in my GPS because I had to Google. <laughs> but how that's not a thing in 1967. Thing. <laughs> like, we didn't sketch out UFOs when we found them. We just took a picture with our. Phone. I mean, he sketched it out, so there yeah. are. I do have like a picture of the sketch that he did as well. But that's the equivalent. Is like you take some pictures and be like, "Should I go?" I mean, we it? had cameras in 1967. I just don't think he took it prospecting with him. So like. By the way, I didn't appreciate your toxic masculinity with the whole, like, you should have just manned up and, like, approached. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't care. Yeah, she doesn't care. No. Uh, do you have any other thoughts before we no, wrap it this up? No, was, this was a good one. So we just kind of rehashed what we went through. So I'm not going to do a speedy recap because we literally I'll just... I'll do a speedy recap. Okay. I actually like when you do them because, like... I think that we should just do it that way from now on that you do the speedy recap because I like hearing them from like your perspective instead of just me repeating what I've already said. Yeah, that way you can see if I was listening yeah. or not, okay. which I'm very bad so at. So are you going to do the speedy recap for this? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to do this, okay. the speedy recap? Okay, ready? 
Speedy recap. Okay. Oh, look at me. I'm out in the forest. Yeah, I'm just looking for some quartz. Oh, my God. Look, there's there's some sort of aliens out here. I don't think I'm going to actually take a look at them. I'm just going to, you know, draw them out here and then draw, draw. And maybe I'll approach them. And Oh, God, I'm burning. Oh! I don't know how to get back home. Look, my, my compass isn't working. Hey, RCMP, I was burned by a bunch of aliens. Oh, yeah, right. It's that prospecting guy. He definitely doesn't know anything he's talking about. Hey, look, I have black stuff on me. It's for real. There's black stuff. Oh, okay, whatever. Show us where this alien thing was. Holy shit, there's actually like a like a circle in there. I told you them damn aliens down there trying to take my quartz deposits. Okay, well, you should go get some psychology tests and stuff. Okay, I'm going to fly on down to Minnesota. Hello, and welcome to Minnesota, where we can help you with your doctor things. Okay, yes, yes, just uh, stand here and then answer a few questions. Okay, thanks, Minnesota. Hello? Is this Minnesota? Do you have my test results? You were never here. Oh. I, I could have sworn I was in Minnesota. Nope, we have no record. Oh, okay. Thanks. Bye now. I guess it was aliens. The end. Okay, that wasn't speedy, but I was, I was like dying throughout that. We're going to need to rename that section. It's not speedy recap because you're not speedy, but... It should be Maddie recap. But it is hella entertaining. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, thank you for that. Um, so, based on everything I told you today, if you had to give this story a spooky rating out of 10, what would you give it? Oh man, this was good. It was kind of, uh, unfortunately, it was like a, it made me a, nope, not a believer. It made me question what possibly could have happened. So for that reason, I'm going to give it nine men in black that are black. Out of 10 quartz deposits. Awesome. Very good. Well done. Thank you. So we would like to take this time to thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to join the conversation, send us any stories of your own, you can visit us at Instagram at Instagram.com slash Spooky Stories Pod or Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Spooky Stories Pod. You can check out our website. Send us a comment through there. SpookyPodcast.com. Uh, you can also send us an email. Send us your theories. Yeah. I'd love to some hear of some of these theories. I also, if you ever listen to these episodes and you're like, oh, I read like a good book or heard a good podcast episode or watched a good show about this, please share it with us. Yeah, for sure. I'd we love don't mind chopping on other people's flavor. No, I'd love to totally check it out. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so that's all we have for this week. So until next time, we hope you keep it spooky. Ooh. Ooh.